This is the Leading Second Podcast. We're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders our pastors would kill to have on the team. Welcome back to season three of the Leading Second Podcast. My name is Brandon Stewart, and I am so excited you're here today. We're back with fresh episodes of the Leading Second Podcast after a very, very crazy summer 2020. Man, I pray you're doing well. We have missed you. We love you. It is the honor of a lifetime my wife and I have to lead this tribe of uncommon leaders And uh, you know what we believe right now in this season? We believe that uncommon leaders have never been so essential. So I pray that um, these episodes over the next few weeks uh, are going to add life and strength to your ministry as you seek to run strong for the kingdom of God along with us. So, hey, we're back and it's been a few months uh, since we've been together on a Thursday. Uh, We're back with regular episodes for this fall. And man, I have missed doing this. You all have been on my mind all summer long, uh, thought about you so often, prayed for you so often. You know, like everyone's churches, our ministry, Leading Second, went through a time of some necessary recalibration this summer. You know, we we found ourselves in a, in a situation where our all-volunteer team, we have an entirely volunteer team uh, that help us lead Leading Second, uh, who also are a part of their own churches. And uh, we just felt in our heart this summer to release everyone to focus on their own churches. And uh, we disbanded some things just in an effort to let everybody focus on what mattered most, which of course is home. And uh, personally, uh, Lindsay and I, we just took the chance to coach and help anyone, any leaders we could. So Uh, We were on a bit of a hiatus this summer, but we're back. And as we move into the fall, I just feel there are some vital, crucial conversations we need to have. I couldn't stay away for long. So we're back uh, with some important episodes and, uh, spoiler alert, some live events this fall that I really hope you're going to be engaged with us on. So just pray all this helps and helps us all lead strong in what is certainly a very unique and a once-in-a-generation season uh, for all of us. Uh, Before we get into today, a couple of housekeeping announcements for everybody. I want to remind anyone, especially if you're not a part of it, to join us on the Leading Second Collective, uh, the artist formerly known as the Leading Second Forum on Facebook. This is our Facebook group where we do life together as a tribe, and uh, we just want to encourage you to join us. It's Uh, a group for anyone who is on a church team, paid, unpaid staff, volunteer. If you want to see your church move forward, if you want to, you know, if you want to serve Jesus and serve the the vision that is in your pastor's heart, then the Leading Second Collective on Facebook is for you. In in fact, to be part of any meetup or event with Leading Second, we're now going to do all of that in the collective. So you're going to have to be a part in order to really take part in the tribe that is leading second and uh, watch our Instagram because we have some exciting live events uh, coming up uh, over the course of this fall that you're not going to want to miss. Just trust me on that. Also, I want to let you know today that we are launching a cohort with leading second and Theos Seminary. 
Uh, many of you would be familiar with Theosu, an incredible uh, ministry resource uh, for all of us going deeper in the Word of God, deeper in our history as believers, uh, deeper in theology. And uh, I decided I wanted to go back to school this fall. I chose Theos Seminary to do it. And then I decided I didn't want to do it alone. So we're forming a cohort. And at the time of this recording, you have maybe like a week or so to get involved if you want to be a part of our group that's going to go through Theos Seminary. Uh, reach out to us. You can contact Ryan Craiglow on our team, ryan at leadingsecond.com, or reach him through uh, the Leading Second Collective. And uh, we'd be happy to get you more information and get you involved in the group that we're taking through Theos Seminary, uh, incredible program. And I'm just excited personally to deepen the well in my own life uh, as a believer, as a Christ follower in this season. Uh, we're going to get into uh, a conversation today for uh, every leader and for all of our teams that I believe you're going to want to hear today. So excited to talk about rebuilding church, uh, rebuilding versus reopening I have a lot on my heart I want to share with you today. Uh, so you can skip this next part if you want to get straight to the lesson. Take your team right there. Uh, but I'll just give for anyone who cares, I'll give a bit of an update on where we've been personally. Uh, update on my life. This has probably been, this last six months, had probably been one of the single most recalibrating seasons of my life. Uh, I spent six months off the road, which was very unique for someone who was pretty accustomed to traveling 200 to 250 days a year. I went from like jet setting city slicker to ultimate home owning, ultimate suburban dad. You know, I, I, we bought a home during this season. We got a dog. I'm now like excited that I look outside and my lawn is green. Um, like it's just amazing. <laughs> how COVID uh, recalibrated everything. Um, to be honest, this summer was recalibrating also from the standpoint of like so many of you just really felt like so much got stripped away. And I know I went through my own seasons of loneliness, um, my own seasons. I think the right word would be grief just really grieving, you know, loss and, and the standstill of our ministry and so many churches. And if I'm honest, like there's even probably a right moment to even call it like depression. Um, I don't think I knew that at the time, but I definitely walked through some of that over the course of this summer. And yet I can say as we're heading into the fall, I can just say that through it all, I just feel like, Yet again, I have found Jesus all over again in this season. And I just, it just reminded me why I love to do ministry, why I wake up every day to serve leaders, to build the church. And I am just emerging from this summer and from this season as committed as ever to help the local church move forward. That's been my journey. So um, my convictions that I have developed in this season are, first of all, I am just more proud to be a Christ follower than ever before. I, I have never been more convicted around the idea that the gospel is the only hope for a broken and divided world. So much of what we're facing right now in our nation 
is not just a matter of laws being changed. It's a matter of hearts being transformed and healed and restored that can only come in Christ. So for every single one of you that wake up every day to love the church and build the church and move it forward, you are investing your life in the thing that matters most. I just want you to know I'm so proud of you and I'm proud to be a Christ follower with you. And, and number two, I am more convicted than ever about the value of the local church and am more committed than ever to being a church builder. I feel like uh, there was already this trend happening in our generation of millennials, even Gen Z, that appeared in so many ways to love Jesus, but not love the church. And, and I think that was a really common thing. I love Jesus. I just don't love the church. And you see statistics all over the place of young people walking away from church. And then I think ultimately at times walking away from Jesus and uh, in a day where people seem to be walking away from the church in droves, I am absolutely doubling down on the church in this season. I believe that there is the, the, the embers of a revival in our nation and in North America brewing and beginning to burn like never before. I believe that Jesus can do his greatest work in desperate hearts. And if any time has felt desperate, it's now. So I am just spending more and more time on my knees before God, asking him to do everything he wants to do in his church and letting him know I'm in. And I just pray that as I say that today, that resonates with you as well. And that you would join me in just praying for the perfect will of God, for the kingdom of God to come, his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven through his church. And that in our lives, we could see Jesus do something so significant, so profound in our nation and in the world. And I believe the local church is going to be at the center of what God is going to do. So those are my convictions, I guess, that I arrived at. And um, I just pray that wherever you're at today, you're well and um, that you are arriving to your own place of new life and renewal and transformation in Christ as only a season like this can provide. So for today, I wanted to actually take the first episode myself. We normally have a guest, uh, but I wanted to take the first episode myself to share some thoughts that have been really big in my, in my heart and in my life. Um, some things that I wrote actually earlier this summer as we were um, heading full on into uh, this this. COVID season with closures and as churches began to, to grapple with reopening church, um, I just felt the Holy Spirit drop some thoughts into my heart that I wanted to share with you today. So today is a conversation for your team. If you're listening to this by yourself, that's great, but I would encourage you to grab some team with you and listen to this together or share it with them and get together and discuss. This is a message for everyone on the team. We don't normally do that at Leading Second, but I really feel like your entire team could be better because of this. In fact, this is a some notes that I've shared as I began to get back out on the road with teams in this season. This is kind of my staff meeting talk. So maybe we can just all have a big giant staff meeting here with uh, Leading Second and some thoughts I have for you. The first thing I wanted to say to you today is this, the church was born in a day of opposition, religious persecution, and racial oppression. 
just want you to think about that for a minute because the church was born in a day that may not look all that different from what we're experiencing today. I mean, think about it. Jesus came into a world where the Jewish people were oppressed by the Roman Empire. Racial tensions existed with the Samaritans and, of course, with other surrounding nations that did not serve Yahweh, did not serve the one true God. This reminds us that the answer for today's problems is truly spiritual, not political. I mean, I just am so um, reminded of the idea in this season that so many of the Jewish people missed seeing Jesus as Messiah because they were looking for a political solution to a spiritual problem. They were looking for political justice from oppression when Jesus came with a different definition of justice and and he brought a new kind of freedom and healing. And we always have a tendency to miss Jesus when we look for political solutions to spiritual problems. So the gospel has never been more relevant or necessary than it is today in 2020. And I want to start today in second Chronicles 36 and in verse 20, It says this, and I'm just going to read it, then we'll explain. It says this, he carried into exile to Babylon the remnant who escaped from the sword, and they became servants to him and his successors until the kingdom of Persia came to power. The land enjoyed its Sabbath rests. All the time of its desolation it rested until the 70 years were completed in fulfillment with the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah. So a bit of context for this verse, Israel uh, experienced, of course, in its history, an exile period for approximately 70 years in captivity, away from their promised home, away from Canaan. During this time, the temple was destroyed, of course, by Babylon as they were taken captive. In other words, they were away from the temple They were in exile, not in their homes. And then it says this, the land enjoyed its Sabbath rest. In other words, the nation was gone. They were not working the land. The land rested. And when I read this verse early on in this coronavirus season, it reminded me of churches during our quarantine and shelter in place season. I mean, it it felt like we all got exiled to our homes. And if you have children and schools closed and you instantly became a homeschool parent, you know exactly what I'm talking to you about today. In other words, um, I just, I just felt like I found in scripture, a, a type of a moment we were living in this moment of exile away from the temple away from our, like, like we were away from our, our purpose. It seemed like, I know, I know ministry moved forward digitally in this season, but it just felt like exile to me. And then God began to speak to my heart out of the book of Ezra, which of course immediately follows second Chronicles. And Ezra is the story of rebuilding the temple. And so today what I want to talk to you about is the difference between rebuilding and reopening. 
I've heard this this term a lot thrown around, reopening church, reopening church, reopening church. And I'm just going to make the case for just a minute that's not, while that, that phrase doesn't mean any harm, I want to make a case for just a minute that it's not exactly the right term for us to use to describe this season and the days that are coming for the local church in this season. I believe the local church has been through a significant season the last six months, unlike any we've ever seen in our lifetime. It's a period that in a small way has felt like exile, you know, away from our gathering places, but it's also been very recalibrating. I've seen so much personal transition from people and leaders in this season. Uh, it, It feels like the old playbook doesn't work anymore. You know, it just feels like we knew what we were doing in a way and kind of now we don't know what we're doing. And I believe that's because we're not just simply reopening church. I actually believe that we are now going to be in a season of rebuilding church. Whether you signed up for it or not, every church team member is now a church planter. All over again, my church is probably over 40 years if you do the math of all of our history. And yet, yet again, we are all church planters. And I think it's important to see it that way, because if we simply see this as reopening church, we're going to try to return to the playbook that we knew before COVID. And if we see this as simply reopening, we're going to see it as trying to get back to normal and trying to get back to the way things were and trying to get back to the way things felt when I actually believe that God doesn't waste a crisis in our lives. He doesn't waste a crisis in his church that, that the, the, the season of exile for the nation of Israel was a very recalibrating time. And I actually am hypothesizing today that it could be for us as well, that things have changed and maybe normal isn't something for us to get back to. As Pastor Stephen Furtick said right at the beginning of the COVID season, maybe normal is something for us to look forward to. That maybe there is something God is wanting to do in us, but I don't believe we're going to be open to that unless we have the right posture of heart in this season. The nation of Israel went on a very specific journey as they rebuilt the temple. And I'm going to take out, I think it's, man, four or five points here. Out of the book of Ezra. And these are not pretty, by the way. Like, I'm not trying to impress you right now. I'm just trying to get something out to you quickly in case any of these thoughts help you today. So, here's just some rough, unpolished thoughts straight out of the book of Ezra for you today. Maybe this will help us frame in some things about rebuilding church. And the first one is this I'm going to kind of compare reopening. And rebuilding. The first one is this reopening assumes everyone is coming back. Rebuilding takes no person for granted. I'll say that again. Reopening assumes everyone is coming back, but rebuilding takes no person for granted. Okay, the book of Ezra is our guide in Ezra chapter 1, verse 5. It says this Then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and Levites. Everyone whose hearts God had moved, by the way, not everyone returned to Canaan, to the promised land, to Jerusalem. Not everyone returned who had been in exile. So as you're rebuilding church, if not everyone's coming back right away, it's okay. 
I believe God will give you everyone you need to rebuild. It just may not be everyone from before. So everyone whose heart God had moved, prepared to go up and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. All their neighbors assisted them with articles of silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with valuable gifts in addition to all the free will offerings. So much there we could unpack, which is very fascinating how even the surrounding nations and people who weren't uh, Israelites assisted them, but that's for another conversation. But then it says this in Ezra chapter 2 and verse 1, it says this, Now these are the people of the province who came up from the captivity of the exiles. And then the author goes on to take 63 verses and counts people. (laughs) An entire chapter dedicated, as happens sometimes in the Bible, to numbering people. And then it says this in verse 64, the whole company numbered 42,360. If you think you made a lot of church checkup phone calls I don't know that you did as many as Ezra chapter two, the whole company numbered 42,360. Here's my point. They counted people. They knew the condition of their flocks. People had been allowed to consider if they were going to return. I don't believe um, that everybody did. We know that everybody didn't. And today in our world, um, I don't think we can take any person for granted. Hear, hear me out. There's no doubt our churches grew during this season, but there's also no doubt in my mind that our churches lost people in this season. I don't really believe we lost core, but I believe it's possible we lost crowd. I don't think we lost the people that were aligned, but we could have lost some people that were just assembled. And, um, In Hebrews 12, it says that whatever can be shaken will be shaken. And I believe we've been in one of those shaking seasons where if someone could be shaken from church life, maybe they were. So I just want to, I guess, acknowledge this today. We can't assume everyone is coming back, but but rebuilding has this mindset. We're going to take no person for granted. We're going to take no person for granted. Don't underestimate the power of your voice on the other, uh, other side of a phone call showing up in someone's world saying, hey, how are you doing? I just wanted you to know you matter to me. Don't underestimate the power of your words on a text showing up in someone's life just saying, hey, you, you are on my mind and I wanted you to know I love you and you matter to me. In fact, one of the greatest offenses people ever develop in church life, I believe, is the, the feeling that they don't matter to their leaders. And it's, it's like if someone's able to leave and they feel like no one noticed that can become a moment of great offense for someone. And I just want to encourage you in this season that before the nation set out to rebuild the walls in Nehemiah or rebuild the temple, before they did any of that, they counted people. Let's just be the kind of leaders that take no person for granted. My second thought for you is this. Reopening waits for people to come back to church, but rebuilding empowers everyone to take ownership of building community. Rebuilding empowers everyone to take ownership of building community. In Ezra chapter 2 and verse 70, this is before they've started work on the temple again. It says this, the priests, the Levites, the musicians, the gatekeepers, and the temple servants settled in their own towns along with some of the other people and the rest of the Israelites 
settled in their own towns. Listen to that phrase. They settled in their own towns. In other words, rebuilding started locally. It started local. It started relationally. I've heard it said that you're never any stronger than you are at home. You know, true strength comes from having a solid home base. And right now in the kind of the heat that our nation and our culture is in right now, we need the vital community of the church now more than ever. You know, the book of Acts is really interesting. Of course, so many correlations being made recently with the local church in the book of Acts. Of course, Acts 2.42 says they met in homes, and we have found a lot of peace in that in this season. Um, What's really interesting, though, is the church was born in gatherings, but it often moved forward off of individual acts of faith and signs, wonders, and miracles. In other words, we see large gatherings. You know, the Holy Spirit was poured out in a gathering, And the church was born in a gathering, 3,000 people being added to their numbers that day. We see those moments in in the book of Acts, but those aren't the only moments we see. We also see where individual leaders and individual on-fire believers went out and began local small wildfires right where they at. And the great thing is in this season, every single person listening today, you can feel empowered to, to build vital community right where you're at. You don't need to wait for one thing or one person to begin to build vital community and and rebuilding does that. It empowers everyone to take ownership of building community. A little side note, by the way, we're we're headed into the fall and even into the holidays. And I think it's going to yet again, be a really interesting season for the church when we're used to gathering, not just in church, but we're used to gathering in Christmas parties and, and holiday celebrations and the malls are buzzing and all that. And I'm imagining that in large, a lot of that's going to be gone this year. I think loneliness is going to be um, pervasive in our culture right now. And just think how much salt and light the church could be in this season if we empower every member, every part of the body to take ownership of building vital community. Number three, reopening gathers everyone into the same room, but rebuilding fosters a new commitment to unity. Let me say that again. Reopening gathers everyone into the same room, but rebuilding fosters a new commitment to unity. I want to make the case here for just a minute. It's not our job just to get people back into the room and call it good. Rebuilding says, no, we're not just going to be assembled in this season. We're going to be aligned in this season. Ezra chapter three and verse one, it says this, when the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, The people assembled together as one in Jerusalem. They didn't just assemble together in Jerusalem. They assembled together as one in Jerusalem. I wanted to remind you that assemble does not necessarily mean aligned. Make no mistake. God moves powerfully when we are assembled. In fact, I'm recording this on a Monday and Tomorrow I'm getting on a plane. I get to speak at my first church service in the last seven months. I am so excited to bring a word in a room where believers are assembled. Like I can't wait to get to that moment. It's special. It's powerful. God moves in a way when we're assembled that he doesn't move anywhere else. Don't let anyone talk you out of that in this season. But God blesses us 
when we are aligned and unified and one. It's just as Jesus is one with the Father, his prayer was for us that we would be one, that the world would know us because we were one. Just church leaders, I can't encourage you enough. Don't make it your goal to just get people back into the same room. Let's make it our goal to realign people around the purposes of the kingdom of God and of the mission of the church. Okay, number four, I only got a couple more of these today. You might be wondering how much longer are we going to go? You might be in the gym or in your car somewhere. I got, I got like one or two more. Number four, reopening uses the same blueprint and attempts to regain what was lost. Rebuilding brings people along into a new season of effectiveness for the kingdom. This one is going to be so important for you to understand. Reopening uses the same blueprint and attempts to regain what was lost. Rebuilding, though, brings people into a new season of effectiveness for the kingdom. Okay, in all of my study of Ezra this summer, this was probably the most powerful verse I saw. Ezra chapter 3 and verse 12. It says this. It says, but many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid while many others shouted for joy. No one could distinguish the sounds of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping because the people made so much noise. (laughs) When I read this, I thought there is no verse in the Bible that accurately describes 2020 like this verse right here. Uh, Some wept aloud, others shouted for joy. No one could distinguish the sounds of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping simply because the people made so much noise. (laughs) So uh, here's what I want you to understand, some context about um, this verse. There were people who had returned from exile in Babylon who had theoretically seen the old temple. I know that they were in exile for 70 years, but that doesn't mean everyone was away for 70 years. In fact, I think the gap between the old temple and the the second temple was maybe only like 40 something years, if, if I'm doing my math correctly. In other words, it is highly possible that there were people who were rebuilding the second temple who had seen the first temple and they found, they experienced this clash of old versus new. I mean, so think about this. The people that had seen the first temple, the first temple was opulent. It it was Solomon's temple. The first temple was amazing. It of course was pioneering. It was their, their first temple and it was, it was beloved. It was, it stood out, you know, as a place of worship and honor to God among the nations of the world. And and, and you, you just think about the significance of the first temple, and then it was gone. It was destroyed. And the second temple and its foundations that were being laid, they were not as opulent, and they were not as detailed, and the materials probably weren't uh, you know, as high a grade. And can you imagine being the people who had seen the first, now they're rebuilding the second, and the grief and loss they experienced. Some were celebrating the new foundation, but some wept aloud. 
at the new foundation. And right now we're just seeing this generational clash, first of all. You know, I, I think right now we're seeing, you know, in just our prevailing culture, a very real generational kind of clash. But then in the church, you know, on a micro version in this season, it could be so easy to desire what we just came from and what we just had. But in reality, um, we're not going back and we're not trying to regain what we had before this season. I believe that rebuilding brings people along into a new season of effectiveness for the kingdom. Just because it's new doesn't mean it's worse. Just because it's new or different doesn't mean it's less effective. I actually believe that God's about to do something in his church in North America, the likes of which we have not seen before. You know, the second temple for Israel was different than the first temple. The first temple was more magnificent, but the second temple was very significant to Israel's history. It, it realigned um, the nation of Israel around the Torah. If you think about it, when the nation of Israel emerges from exile and returns to Jerusalem, you never hear of idol worship again. I mean, there was a cleansing and a purifying that happened in this season. Uh, the second temple is known very significantly in the story of the Jewish people. And so much so, this was the temple that Jesus himself would see when he came to earth. It was significant. It was just different. I'm just asking you the question today. Are we committed to bringing people along in this season of rebuilding? Ezra chapter 4, I'm going to close with this. It says this, Then the people around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on building. My last thought for you today is this. Reopening is surprised when we experience opposition But rebuilding recognizes that we can walk in God's anointed even in the middle of opposition. You know, the days ahead uh, may be interesting for us. I don't think any of us know exactly where things are headed right now. Just being a, on a personal note, I'm kind of a political watcher. I don't imagine an outcome from this upcoming election that eradicates all the problems that we're experiencing right now. And so I think um, some of the wisdom that I've gained from my pastor in this season is we need to lengthen our timelines a little bit, that what we're experiencing right now may not go away December 31st, 2020, that we may be in a season where we're leading in some tension, where we're even leading in some opposition. But I believe we can walk in God's anointing and God's power and God's strength in this season, that as a church, this might be our greatest hour. And our greatest day to shine for Jesus. And I, just like the nation of Israel ended right on time, they ended right at Passover, rebuilding the temple. And they celebrated together. I believe great days of celebration and victory are ahead for the church. God's hand is on his church. And I pray for you today, wherever you're at and whatever you're walking through, whatever you've experienced. I just pray like I started today, you're finding Jesus all over again. Maybe today's thoughts have given you some perspective that Jesus is still on the throne and he is building his church. None of this has surprised him this year. And I believe he never wastes pain and he never wastes crisis, but he always uses it. All things work together for the good of those who love him and are called, in, called according to his purpose that, that our God is able to move us forward 
in this season. I just pray that will be your anchor and that will be the source of your hope and your strength in this season. So leading second, we're excited to have some conversations over the course of this fall that are going to be pretty pointed and uh, pretty relevant to our season. I pray that you and your team will be engaged. I pray this conversation today has helped your team and wherever you're at, just know that we love you that we're with you and we pray that you are running strong for the kingdom, that you're staying faithful right where God has for you in this season. So leading second, we love you. Until next time, let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. For more information, you can go to leadingsecond.com and find our digital magazine. You can also follow us on Instagram at Leading Second to keep up with our community of uncommon church builders.